Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each episode we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and experts who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals, made their successes, all to inspire you in your business and career. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Hi there and welcome to this week's episode of Inspiring Salon Professionals. This week, um, following on from last week's episode, we're going to be talking about websites again, but this time we're going to be looking at when you use a professional website developer. And this is a completely different ball game. This is where I think people get put off of website design because it can be quite costly. I speak from experience on this in a big way because I've been involved over the years on many professional website designs and working with professionals. And I've had some great experiences and I've had some pretty dire experiences in the last couple of years. And um, and there is a lot to be said for a very, very good and thorough brief and making sure that the developer that you're using really, really gets what you're talking about. Because if they don't, you can end up spending an awful lot of money on something that isn't fit for purpose. So not trying to put anybody off using a professional web designer, because believe me, when you get a good one, they are amazing. Um, And I do have a good one that I work with and who is my partner in crime on my other project, Nabuno, um, who is Di Hughes, lover from Ensby Media. And we've worked together for a really long time and have created some fantastic websites together over the years for my businesses. And I know Di has gone on and she's done lots and lots of different um, salon industry websites for different organisations and different businesses. And she generally does what she says she's going to do. Um, occasionally, we have to go back and revisit a few things because that's just the nature of, of, of creativity is that what you have in your head, no matter how well you translate it to somebody, they, when they put that down on paper and what comes out as their interpretation can be slightly different. And so you just have to be flexible and you have to be open in communication and not feel worried about saying, oh, I don't really like what you've created. Because most often when you're working with someone that's a creative like that, they're used to having their interpretation questioned um, and not liked. And, you know, they're there to help you. All they can do is interpret the information you give them. And so, you know, within reason... And I know if Di ever listens to this, she'll be like, really? But I mean, love her. She has put up with me being like, no, sorry, can we just change that? No, sorry, can you just change that by a tone of colour or two? Oh, no, can we just change that word? Oh, actually, now I've seen it. Can we do this with that? And she has had to put up with me for years and years and years of me going, oh, I don't know. Oh, should we do that? But. It's, and it's really weird because I've worked with Di for so many years that we kind of really know each other really, really well now. And she knows how I like things and how I work and what kind of colours are going to probably float my boat and what kind of fonts are going to float my boat and all that kind of stuff. And she knows me quite well as a business owner now. And I've just had to do, like I was saying last week, I've just done my own website for my little home salon because Di and I are so busy doing all the Nabuno stuff. Um, and she's also got all of her clients that she's still managing as well. And so me going to her, actually, in the midst of all that, can I just throw you a website that she knows I'm going to be the biggest pain in the backside on? So 
I've done my own website and um and it was really nice to actually go back and revisit doing all of that because I haven't done it for a really long time. I think the last time I put a website together was probably about 2011 um, when I opened my salon. And um, and that was probably the last one I did. And yeah, when I, and then when I needed to do, when I, I, I had to have another big website um, that was a proper big e-commerce website that Di helped me build. Um, and ever since then, Dye's just done, and that was probably about 2014, I think, maybe 2015. And ever since then, Dye's just done everything with me that relates to online and website because that's what she's really good at. She excels at it and she's um, a professional and she does what she's supposed to do. And I just sit saying, Dye, can you just? Um, so anyway, it's been a really interesting experience, me going back to do my own website. And also we're coming to the... Um, the fruition of five years of really hard work on um, what is, I mean, it is a website, but ultimately it's a platform and there's a slightly different um, terminology that we use for that because it's a very, very different beast to um, having a salon website is a Nabuno site. It's a very, very different thing and it works on a, a functional level and a whole different way of being. Um, so I'll stop waffling on about that. And I just really wanted to just make the point that using a professional, you do, you need to bear in mind that they will allow X amount of time for, if they, if they are going to be building a website for you, they are going to allow, say, I don't know, three days of their time to do that. And they're going to price you accordingly. Now, once you get to a place where you keep going, die, can I just, oh, die, oh no, I'm not sure about that bit. You've got to bear in mind at some point they might charge you more because, they're trying to make a living the same as you're trying to make a living. And if you had a client come into you and they booked an hour's facial and then said, oh, actually, can I have a, you know, a massage and can I have a pedicure and I have my nails done, but I only want to pay you for the facial. You know, you have to kind of respect the fact that they're professionals and their time is valuable to them. And it's and if you're, they're doing all these little add-on bits that only take two minutes here and 10 minutes there and half an hour there, it adds up. And, um, and you do have to kind of recognise that most web developers will give and take a little bit, but some are very, very um, finickety about how much time they're allocating to a job. And that's their prerogative. You know, we all have clients that, you know, we'll sit and have a chat with, you know, if they're having their nails done or they're having their hair done. If you're not massively busy, you'll sit and have a chat with them and, you know, chew the cud for 10 minutes. But on a busy day, you can't do that. So just ha you have to have respect for the fact that these um, guys are professionals too and they have a business they're trying to run or that they are working for um, somebody and they have timelines on their day that they have so many hours to fill for that client and so many hours to fill for that client. So let's just really have a little bit of a look about what it is that you're trying to do by using a professional. And so much of this is about the significance that they can bring to your website and how they can establish a really, really strong web presence for you and your business. They, you know, a, a web designer who understands our industry is paramount. You know, going to a web designer that builds, I don't know, car garage websites isn't going to understand the nuances of a hair salon, isn't going to understand the nuances of a beauty salon or of a nail salon. They're not going to be, you know, really up on what the latest lash curl is um, and whether or not you're going to have a CD or a J or whatever different lash curl is in tr on trend at this point. There is definitely something to be said for working with businesses that 
are in and have successfully completed the mission already for other people within our industry. That is a, an absolute definite. So you really, really need to try and work with somebody that understands our industry. Um, and there is a real value to collaborating with skilled designers that can actually transform your vision and you need to click with these people and they need to be able to transport your vision into something that is amazing, beautiful, captivating and makes people want to click the button online. So we're going to go through a few different things. We're going to have like another like 10 points that we're going to go through like we did last week. And let's just have a look and see what the benefits are of entrusting your digital destiny um, into the hands of a professional website developer. So number one, before you do anything, actually sit down and define what your goals are with the website. Is it like, you know, we were talking about this last week and is it just something where you want to, you just want to hook people? Is it like a one page landing page? Because really that's pretty simple. You probably could do that yourself to be fair. But it also if you have, if you don't have those tech skills, using someone professional to do that is just a no brainer. So there is, um, you know, that whole thing of like what your goal is, what outcome do you want? What do you make, want to make those people that visit your website? What do you want to make them do? Do you want to make them buy from you? Do you want to make them book? Do you want to just give them information? Decide what it is that you want and what requirements that has. Um, you, and you really, really need to, in that website, you need to communicate to those, the viewers and your audience, what your goals are. Um, you need to work out who that audience is. And again, this all comes down to, I mean, I've spoken about branding so many times on the podcast and um, and you will see, I've just got, when Nabuno goes live eventually, um, well, I've got a course on there that's all about price lists and about how to per get the perfect price list. And I talk a lot on there about branding as well. Branding is vital. Branding tells your story. Branding is what attracts people to your to your business and to your brand. So you need to kind of work out how that's going to work. You also need to kind of think in while you're getting all this together, you need to think about the features that you want on there and what kind of pages, all that kind of stuff. Start thinking about what your structure is and what the vision for that website is so that you can explain all of that to your designer. Um, and it is and you're going to think about your branding, what your color schemes are. And do bear in mind that color schemes can change from what's on paper to what's on a screen. You know, I know um, there's been different projects I've worked on over the years that I've had signage done. And what I have on paper, then I, my original my original colors for my for the salon that I keep harping on about forever. Um, but it's do, it was such a massive part of my life. And it's where so much of my experience has been gained. But I used a really dark um, aubergine tone as my color scheme and I had the Pantones for it and the RF color codes for it and I took that to the paint company and asked them to do that and it went from an, a dark aubergine proper dark aubergine into Cadbury's purple in paint um, which was not really the uh, the planned <laughs> way it worked but you have to bear in mind whenever you do these things you know you you might you may have to change if you've got a pantone that you've used in paint in your salon you may actually need to adjust the pantone so that it works on screen and do bear in mind that all of those color things will be part of the remit of your web designer once you've got all of this information together, you've got what I would refer to as a brief. And a web designer 
is going to ask you for your brief. And in that, it literally, it needs to be like a kind of vision board for your website. That's probably the easiest way to describe it, although a vision board is too general. And so if you if you start, if you like vision boarding, start with a vision board. But then each thing you have on that board, you need to bring it down onto paper and put it in black and white of how that works, what it looks like and how you want it to be used and what fonts and all that kind of stuff that you're going to use and what colors you're going to use. So it needs to be, yeah, that a vision board is a fantastic way for um, them to be able to interpret how you see things working, but they are going to still need all of that detail. So once you've got all of that down and you've got your brief together, then you're going to go and you're going to find um, website developers and you need to find somebody you need to do proper research and you need to go looking for them that have got experience preferably in the um, salon industry or in similar businesses so maybe in sort of like personal training or nutrition or um, chiropractors that kind of thing but something in a service person to person based industry so that they have an idea of that connection that you have to your clients Um, And look at their work, you know, a good website developer should have examples of their work on their website. And if they don't have it on their website, I mean, you'd you'd hope, wouldn't you, that a website developer would have a pretty good website Um, and that they'd have all of that stuff that makes you want to know, like, trust them. And because they should be able to if they if they're not making a successful website for themselves, then you've got problems. And I really wouldn't work with them. Also, you can ask them for client testimonials. Just go and check them, you know. I mean, if it's a big website developer that you're going to, maybe have a look on Trustpilot. These things are really, really important in making sure you're making a good decision because believe me, I've been there when we've had a bad decision in a big project I was involved in and it ended up in um, three different web developers being used and a lot of money, um, a lot of money being spent because especially when you get corporate, it isn't cheap. And um, you really, really need to think about who you're using and what they bring to the table. Also, and this is very, very important in today's world because we are in a global economy and many, many web developers will use outsourced developers as well. And so make sure who they're using, where they're from, and that they have proper um, control over what those people are doing and this is really really common in web development and you know I've worked with um, over the years I've worked with many overseas developers from um, South Asia and some of them are absolutely amazing and they really get it and they understand and they can translate everything you're saying and interpret what it is that you're looking for but on the flip side of it we I've also worked with some pretty awful ones that have actually really not delivered and you need to be very very careful um, if you are working with a brand that outsources just make sure um, just ask if you can if you can have a conversation with them because otherwise everything that's going to them is going um, with third-party information so just be clear about what it is that you're buying into and there's nothing wrong with outsourced um, labor in this way or outsource developers in this way because let's face it coding generally is coding and website development is website development and it doesn't matter where you are in the world whether you're in the UK whether you're in France whether you're in Australia or in America whether you're in India and or in Pakistan or wherever you may be the fundamentals of web development don't change but what does change is perhaps how you need to ensure 
your vision is communicated. So just be aware of that. Don't be put off if somebody uses um, outsourced work for or an outsourced workforce because it isn't. It's not the end of the world, and you know. And I can I can guarantee you that there are pretty much some awful, awful UK-based um, web developers out there too. You know, it's the same as whatever industry you're in. There's always the good and there's always the bad and there's always the in-between. And you, this is why your research is so important. Just check everything that they've got. And quite often, the thing is, is that if you look at a website that they've already done and you think, oh my goodness me, that is what I want, they can just mirror that site and it may actually save you a lot of money. Um, so do look at their previous work and see if they do what you like. And if the fit works, then, you know, just maybe, you know, see if you can get an agreement for them to build you a sample page, um, something along those lines and just give you like a something to entice you. You know, in this world, negotiation of anything is always possible and it's always worth just checking what they can offer you um, as an enticement to get you to put your development with them. Because you also have to bear in mind that quite often that the developer will end up hosting your site um, and they will also have like annual contracts for maintenance and stuff. So you've really got to make sure that everything you want is in that um, contract that you have with them and is in the agreement that you have that will go forward with any work that they do for you. So once you've worked out who you're going to use um, and you've done all your due diligence and checks on everything that they've done, um, we're going to move to point three. And here we're going to really go deep onto the design brief and we're really, really going to get into what the detail is and give that to the web designer. So make sure that all of the aesthetic parts of your website are working, that your branding is there, that you've got your logos and that they're the right size and they're not like, you know, this little tiny one stuck in the corner. Make sure everything is going to work and just ensure that whatever it is that you're doing, that in, in that design brief, you are doing everything you can to hit your target audience and make sure all of your key features are there. So um, just look for examples and inspirations that have come to you. Like I was saying, if you've seen something on their website they've done already in the industry and you really like it, pick out the key features of it. Tell them, actually, I really like that bit. You know, or if, for example, I don't know, you like the John Lewis's website or you like the Marks and Spencer's website or you like the Sainsbury's website. If there's features that sit on those platforms that you like, then tell the web developer, you know, this is where the communication is really, really key. Because if you get to the end of the process and you think, oh no, they didn't put that thing on that I liked about John Lewis. But if you don't tell them and you don't, and very specifically, if you don't write it down for them, you know, web development is a massive maze of information and they need all of that stuff written down so they can tick it off the list. Point four, remember this is a collaboration of two different businesses coming together. So do speak to them and work closely with them and make sure that they, they check in with you regularly because if they go too far down the wrong road, then they are going to have to undo all of that work. And that's when things, the, the time their time runs out. And so the, the more you can get in collaboratively with, with important conversations and meetings with them, sharing all of that information that you have, will make sure that your website becomes a proper product of what it is that was in your mind. You know, and this is what I was saying earlier, if they come back and they've put, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit talking font names and stuff because that gets very boring. But, 
you know, but if they've used, say, a calligraphy style font and they haven't listened to the fact that you wanted something that was like quite clear and um, quite an open looking font, you know, these, this collaboration of minds is so important. And for that, they need to get inside your head. They need to understand everything about your brand. And I would hope by the time you get to having a website done, your branding's pretty much there. You should have your colors and your logos and, you know, maybe your uniforms in place, all of those different things that make your business. So tell them and share that information. That's the whole point of you working with a professional is to share so that they can create something that works for you. Okay, point number five um, is just to make sure that you've got, and this is, this again, so much of this comes from this brief because when you're working with a, um, a specialist, you've got to have all of this information at the beginning because otherwise they won't build what you want. But you really need to make sure that as part of what you've, de- you, what you've designed and how you visualize it, that you have got all of your pages in place. So, you know, ensure that it's a user-friendly navigation and make sure that it works properly and that you've got all of your home or about us pages that you've got your service information your contact information a gallery with the um, right images on there and again I come back to making sure you've got the right to use the images making sure they're your images making sure that they're clean and tidy that they're well shot that they haven't got dirty old towels in the background that there aren't um, you know there isn't dust all over a desk if you're doing nail photos just make sure that those photos that you use are as professional as as they can possibly be you know don't use nail shots of people with like badly bitten cuticles unless they are a nail biter and you're showing their journey to being a non-nail biter you know just think about it if you're using um you know back of headshots what about doing a front of headshot too so that you know your public can see what the front of someone's hair looks like too because that'd be novel wouldn't it I know for me, it does drive me a bit mad. Um, and maybe because I've got really short hair. So I could, I could never have a back of my head photo taken. Um, and so for me, the front of my hair is what's important. And I'd rather see what's happening on the front of someone's haircut. But but that's just me. You may also want to have pages for booking systems and all sorts of other things. There's lots and lots of different ways that you can communicate through different pages to your clients and your web developer will be able to guide you in this process of what may work best for your type of business. On to number six. And and this is about focusing on responsive design um, and ensuring that your website designer really does create something that adapts to different screen sizes and different devices because there's nothing worse I don't know about you but if you're you know you you're sitting on your laptop and then you flip over to your phone and it looks like a completely different website and that's really really important in today's world because I don't know about you but I really really do go from my laptop to my phone um, back to my laptop I might go onto another different like a desktop computer and all of these different functionalities all can make a website look really really different and if you haven't got it set properly and this is also something to consider if you're doing DIY websites too but most of those kind of builders factor that in for you and make it a little bit simpler but if you're having something especially if you're having it built bespoke it's really really got to um, fit onto all those different types of devices that are out there. Moving on to number seven, um, incorporating an online booking functionality. And this is something that should be really simple. And depending on what company you're with, they will give you an API key or a widget. There'll be some kind of facility for them to give you a piece of code that you can give to your developer that they can just literally plug into your website. And hey presto, 
as if by magic, um, your online booking system will be on your website. And I think that there, I don't, I don't think that any online booking system nowadays would have a problem connecting into any websites. This has been something that's been in use now for so many years. And you will find that having that on your website, as opposed to just on an app that someone may have, or um, that you have the online booking system in your business, that, that having it on your website makes it available 24-7. It really can open doors for clients just to walk through whilst you are sleeping and encouraging them to spend money with you whilst you are closed. Make sure that as part of the conversation that you have with them, um, and this is moving on to point eight, make sure that you actually do plan for ongoing maintenance and updates. Discuss how that's going to work, if they're going to give you so many hours a year, if you're going to have to pay monthly, um, it varies from designer to designer or developer to developer. And and it may be that you want to be able to do your own maintenance, but it may be that you actually want had to have a full e-commerce um, section on your website so that you can sell your salon retail whilst you sleep too. And if that's the case, then that could need quite a lot of de- ongoing development and a lot of ongoing updating and all that kind of stuff. So this is where you kind of need to iron out all of those future um, potential bills that could come to you as a result of not having thought about this at the beginning. So just make sure that you have got a plan in place that keeps the website secure from hackers and all that kind of stuff, because that can be a big problem um, when you have your own website, Um, that backups are performed regularly, especially if it holds any kind of um, customer record management systems and that are actually on your website rather than on an online booking system so if you're if you're picking up people's information if you have pop-ups asking people to join your newsletter and so on the chances are there's going to be some kind of customer record management function as part of your website and that means that that will need to be backed up so just make sure how that happens make sure that any content updates um, are included in any future projection in that you discuss with the website developer because as you grow and evolve your business especially if you're getting this website done at the beginning of your business journey you know there's every possibility that you're going to be very successful and if you've got a good website behind you even more of a possibility that you're going to be very successful because you're going to get more content out there into the world more connection with a bigger audience and so on it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and that's how I grew from you know being like a mobile therapist into being a a home salon into being a salon on um I mean I wasn't a high street but a commercial premises in a local parade of shops and you know and that success built and built and built and most of that was through the website that the websites initially that I built and then the websites that um who I work with die who I work with that she continued to build and that ability to to move with the times of the business that you're working on is so important so getting that right with your developer is vital number nine um we're going to look at um optimization now this is something and i was having a chat with di before i started recording this episode because she is a sales and marketing person she is a graphic designer and she is also a website developer. So she ticks a lot of boxes, which is why I've always found her so fantastic to work with. Um, but what she was saying to me, because I was saying to her, right, I'm going to do this episode. What key things would you say that people need to consider? Because the thing is, I think I've known Di for so long and she was personally recommended. She's kind of like a weird family connection um, between us as well. And, and so 
I, I, I've never really had to kind of go after her going, oh, so can we do this? And what do you do? And what's all your history? Because it, our relationship didn't begin in that way. But what she was saying to me was, and this is really, really important when it comes to optimization, is that some web designers are web designers and that's what they do. They, they give you a stunningly beautiful website. But what you need to have clearly in your mind is that can they do the SEO? Can they optimize your website? And if you don't understand what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. And it is something that uses the words that you use on your website in certain places and something called meta tags. Um, and these are like the, the two key things. But with those done correctly, it will, when Google trawls, because Google is constantly trawling for information. So when Google trawls, if someone's doing searches for a beauty salon in Exeter, then if you have the right words on your website and you're a beauty salon in Exeter, then the people that are looking for that will find your website. And that's probably the, a really, really basic way of explaining it. But the same goes for if you do um, lash lifts using X brand and you're based in, um, I don't know, Maidavow, because that's just popped into my head because I've been hearing that. I've heard that place a few times in the last few days. Um, so if you are a lash lifter using certain products in Made of Owl in London, then it, Google will trawl you and it will find you. And if you've been doing, you know, extreme lash lifts even, um, or, you know, you've got a lot more experience or you've done whatever training course, you know, if you put all of these informations into your optimization, then if someone searches for that very particular thing, like for example, I have been a Lycon trained waxing um, specialist for probably, I don't even know how many years, uh, probably about 10 years I've been a Lycon waxing specialist. So that was optimized throughout my website when, um, and it is actually, and it's actually optimized on the website I've got now as well. So if you are looking for a Lycon specialist, where I used to be in Bexley and Kent, we would come up. And Lycon is a, is a, you know, a brand, it's very much like shellacking nails or, um, I don't know of any color. I don't have my hair colored really. So I don't like, but say you were looking for an Avida salon. Um, then all of those, those are key words and key, um, key indicators to Google that if you've got that, it's like a flag that jumps up for Google to say, hello, I'm here. That's basically what optimization does. Hopefully I've explained that in a relatively clear way. Um, but if you don't get that right, and if all of those, if all of those flags aren't raised, effectively then google won't find you and you'll remain in the lower levels of google rankings and like you could end up on like page three or four for um a salon that does lash lifting in london or even a salon that does lash lifting in the whole of the uk you know you could be really really far down that list so you've got to make sure that the person doing your website understands what optimization um well they'll understand what it is but it's whether or not they provide that service um to a professional level that's what you need to find out. And also, I've mentioned blogs earlier, I think, and this is where a blog comes in really, really handy because blogs are kind of there for Google to trawl as well. So if you do a blog that's got loads of keywords in it, um, then Google will find it. So if you do, if you've got, say, lash lifts that you do and you use whatever brand, then you can talk about 
that in a blog and you know i i do lash lists i use this brand this is the results that we get it does you know you and you can go into great detail on all of the features and benefits of that lash lift and how that's going to work for that client and how it's going to benefit their life and if you do that it doesn't need to be like pages long you know probably four or five hundred words would be more than enough um and have a nice image of a lash lift and name the image all of these things you know naming images on your blog is really important because it's all part of the google trawling and your web developer should be able to advise you on this and should be able to ensure that every area of your website is optimized because it's a massive job and they may charge a lot more for it um but equally it may be something that you know you could ask them if they show you how to do it some developers are quite happy to do that um and it obviously it's taking money out of their pocket but optimization is a real time killer and um and it may be that they're very busy and that yes they don't mind showing you how to do that or you can get a separate person to do optimization for you there's lots of different ways around that and point 10 is probably really just kind of carrying on from that one on point nine of what Di was saying about make sure that your web developer can do everything you want them to do. Because if they're not a marketing expert, they won't necessarily see the failings of a website um, in the same way as somebody that is a marketing specialist. So Di was saying to me as part of, of um, her sort of top tips is just to make sure if you if you are working with a web developer that can give you a beautifully amazing website, that's lovely. But then you've got to kind of factor in the functionality of the marketing side of things more because that may not be their thing. And she was saying to me, and, and I do think this is so important and I know that websites are really easy to go on and just go, here's who we are, here's what we do, here's a list of our services and here's how much it costs. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what needs to be out there. But if you haven't got somebody that's on your marketing team, um, which most of us as salon business owners, we haven't got a marketing team. Um, and Di's advice really is just this, you know, reverse everything you think you should be saying. Do not just say, this is what I do. Just just giving a list of treatments because it's not enough and it won't convert people. And this is what a website is there for, is to, it's for somewhere for people to find you, somewhere for people to land, somewhere for people to understand how you can help them. So all of these lists of like, we do this, we do that. Yes, if, they, if they're literally just looking for information and they know you already, that's all they need to do. But if they still haven't connected with you as a person, as a business, then you actually need to give them that enticement. And so for most people, they need the answer to something. So what dies um, very valuable marketing experience tells her is that you reverse it. So you look at what they are looking for and you solve that problem. And this is, you know, we hear, we are now hearing this message through our industry. Um, and people like Di have been banging on the drum of this for many, many years. And it is all about, you know, so have you got problems sleeping? Then, oh, look, I can give you a massage. Have you got problems with um, split ends. Oh, look, I can provide you with this wonderful um, treatment for your hair. Do you have problems with biting your nails? Let me help you by doing this service for your nails. You know, if you think about, if you think about the service you offer, think about why someone's going to come to you for that and do blogs about it. Do um, little features. You know, you could have, you know, a whole, over a year, you could have like 12 featured treatments across the year so that you pick something out so that there's information there that solves a problem. 
And I know, um, I think it was on last week's, it may well have been earlier in this episode because I'm recording these back to back. So it could, it could have been in last week's episode or this week's episode. But I was talking about the salon that I go to for my hair now. And they, you know, they solved those problems for me. They solved a massive problem for me because as a person with really curly hair that just seems to get curlier and curlier by the year. I mean, it's like I've gone from a slight wave as a teenager to now like full ringlets. And it's really, really annoying. Um, but it means that so my dog's just yawning in the background. Um, but for me, when I found this salon, they have a curl clinic. And that is just such a problem solver for me. You know, it costs, and you know what, love them. They've got such a, they, they're, whoever does their marketing is fantastic. And I really, really keep meaning to say to the salon manager, I don't know who does this stuff for you, but it's great. Um, but for someone like me, who's got a problem with curly hair, and and I also, and when I first went there, I'd had my hair straightened. So I had bits of curly hair and bits of straight hair. So I, had, I was a mess. And they've managed to get my hair into somewhere that I think looks relatively reasonable. Only you can tell me if that's the case or not when you look at my profile pictures on Facebook and other social media platforms. But this curl clinic, I think a regular cut and blow dry in this salon is, I don't know, say 50, I can't think what it is off the top of my head. I think it's about 50 pounds. But they charge 70 pounds to have the colour, um, not the colour, they do do a colour clinic as well, but they do like the curl clinic. And within that, you get to sit down with a hairdresser and have a consultation and which they should do anyway really let's face it but it's detailed that you're going to get a consultation you're also going to get a particular um like a hard water treatment because they live in quite a hard water area and I think there was also some kind of conditioning treatment within that as well and you get your cut um and finish and your blow dry and everything done and that was so I paid an extra 20 quid for that um which I probably didn't really need to pay but it made me walk through their door because when I looked for a salon up here, um, having had my sister cut my hair or my cousin cut my hair for, like for the last few years, and I've rarely gone to hairdressers. I really don't trust hairdressers. I have a big problem with it, and I'm really sorry to the hair industry. Um, but I've had because of the wavy curly hair thing, I've had a lot of pro- a lot of bad cuts over the years, um, and so I'm very very picky about who I let near my hair. And it was quite a big thing for me to go to a new hairdresser and just say, please, can you do something? So for me, it was like, a, it was just literally, yeah, they do a curl clinic. They must know how to cut curly hair. Um, so that's what I did. And those things of like, of having that kind of thing on your website and having that as part of your price list is just, is a, an undeniable attention grabber. And that's what you want on your website. So that was a really long way round, round of saying that. But, and I'm really sorry if I've already said that in this episode already, but it's very, very important that you want those things that just make life simple for people. It's no, if they'd have just said, um, we do a cut and blow dry, that that didn't sell it to me because to me, that doesn't tell me that they understand curly hair. So you really, really need to buy into why your clients might want to use your services and what their problems are. And for me, my curly hair is a massive problem. And I've now got a wonderful hairdresser called Elise, who I get on really well with. And I'm sure she just is just nice to me because I'm a client. But I, I really like her. And she does a really nice cut on my hair. She understands what I'm trying to achieve. And she can do it. And, um, and she'll have me as a loyal client now until I'm not a loyal client anymore, because we all know what life is like, and things change, and she might move off, she's, um, who knows, she might go on maternity leave in another few years, and she just disappears off my radar, but we will see, but 
the point I'm trying to make is, after my digression, um, that we really, really need to sell the solution to a, that client that is looking at our website. And, and within that, if you build in the right keywords and all the rest of it, then it just makes it a whole lot easier to bring that person to you from the search engine. And for this bit, like, because this is like just marketing uh, information and advice, really. But for this bit, just sit down, get a piece of paper and write down, do you ever find yourself, duh, 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 client problem? Um, are you looking for the answer to duh, 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 client problem? And just put down a few of those like leading questions of like, you know, how do you find your skin? What, you know, what do you wish your skin looked like? And all of those kind of things, you know, how, how, how can I get my hair to stay curly if you've got straight hair? Because it's a massive problem. People are forever saying to me, I'd love to have your curly hair. Um, believe me, you wouldn't. But, but it's that whole thing, isn't it? How can I have curly hair? People really, really, people with straight hair really want to have curly hair. My daughter at the moment has just sent me a photo this week um, going, look, it's going curly. She's nearly 28 and she's so jealous of me and my son who both got ringlets for hair. Um, and she's absolutely gutted that she's got relatively straight hair. She's got a bit of a kink in it. But whatever she's done this week, she's managed to get a wave as she was sending me photos of it in desperation of like, how am I ever going to get curly hair? So for her, that's a really important thing. If she could, you know, find a hairdresser that said like, you know, I mean, obviously she could just have a perm, but she's, I, I haven't ever suggested that to her. Maybe I just ought to suggest she has a perm. But she's, but for her, you know, that's a really big thing. Do you want, people aren't used to perms nowadays, you know, and I know they are coming back and there's, but there is a trend of perms more commonly in recent um, like year or so. But for my daughter, she's never she's never experienced her mum having a perm because let's face it, I don't really need one. Um, so for her, if a hairdresser was putting out information saying, I'm going to make your hair curly and it's going to stay like it for the next three to four months or six months or however long a perm lasts, because I can't remember, because ironically, I did used to have my hair permed when I was in my um, early 20s and before that. But, you know, if she, if she realised that she could go and have that done and have a perm, and how amazing would that be? Because then all of her, all of her hair envy would go away. Um, anyway, I have digressed much on this last ten minutes of this um, episode, and um, which I hope you don't mind, and hopefully it is useful information. But in summary, really, if you are going to use a professional, just make sure you have that brief pinned down that it's all in writing, that you have a contract of what they're going to provide, when, how, um, and all of that kind of stuff. Make sure it's written down and make sure that you have weekly check-ins or even sometimes daily check-ins. You know, Di and I, while we've been building Nabuno, sometimes we don't speak to each other for like a couple of weeks at a time, depending what's going on. And other times we're on the phone for like two hours a day. And it, and I mean, what we're building is massive. So it's, it's a bit different, but you do, you've really got to keep on top of it. And like Di does a lot of the development on what we're doing, but we also have an outsourced team of developers too. And she's in contact with them all the time. And we and it is, and we're like a one big team that work together because if we don't work together as a team, the website and the platform will not work. And so you really, really have to decide that you can be in a team with your web developer. And if you can't, 
then maybe you don't use them and you find someone that you can be in a team with because getting it right and making it function properly for your business is vital. And when you pay, you know, and you could be looking at anything upwards of like 400 to a thousand pounds, maybe more, depending on what level of functionality you want in that website. And you need to make sure you're spending your money wisely. So make sure that you like the person, you get on with them, you can communicate and that they can understand what your your vision is and most importantly, that they can interpret it for you correctly. That's me done. I've talked myself out today. I have done a lot of talking and um, I really, really hope that you found this useful and I'm really excited actually because I've just been chatting with some people today and I've got some really nice interviews lined up and... Um, and we have gonna, we're gonna have. I'm just trying to get the date settled because this one, this should take me more or less to the end of May. These couple of episodes that I've just recorded today, and then I'm gonna have Marta Zhukovska, um back on the podcast with me, talking about some exciting stuff that she's got coming into the industry. And I've also got Gemma Lambert Lewis, who I'm gonna have on, and we're gonna be talking about all things nails and. Yeah, lots of exciting stuff. And I've also got some other things that I'm doing for Nabuno that I might actually just, I might have a chat with the people I'm going to be interviewing with Nabuno and just see if they might be putting on the podcast because it's a really, really massive industry um, leader that they are now and they have shone a light on something that is so glaringly bright and I'm really really excited that I'm going to be having a chat with them in a couple of weeks. So that will definitely be on Nabuno and on our YouTube channel by hopefully the beginning of June and if I can I'm going to see if I can get it onto the, onto the Inspiring Salon Professionals podcast because it's a really really massive step in a new direction for our industry. So I'm going to disappear and I will speak to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Salon Professionals. If you've enjoyed the podcast please subscribe, leave a review and share with fellow industry professionals that you think may enjoy the show. Links and further information can be found on the show notes or on my website, www.suedavies.org. Here you can also find some downloadable free guides that you may find of use. You can also hear from me and join the inspiring Salon Professionals community on my Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.